I'm glad you're back with me today as we continue our study of God's Word, studying on the theme of choosing to do the things and make the decisions that will help us grow and make a difference. And we're talking about choosing to be courageous and to be strong and how we can only do that if we trust Christ. And when we're weak in ourselves, we can be really strong in Him because we see our need to depend upon Him. And if we stand for Christ, it, it, and we're talking about courage involves risk, and courage involves standing up when nobody else does or stepping out when nobody else does. In the remarkable story Jesus told of the man who, was, who, who gave to three servants talents or, or money, he gave to one ten, to another he gave five, and to another he gave one, and he told them, that he was going on a journey, and when he came back, he would expect them to tell him what they did with their talents, with their money. And the, the one who had 10 got busy and made 20, and the one who had five got busy and made 10. But the one who had one was a spectator, a bench warmer. He wouldn't budge. He wouldn't act. He wouldn't do anything. He just stood on the sidelines, never tried to do anything. He said, I might lose it. And... The, 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 the Bible says he did evil, and the word for evil here is the, is the word for the devil himself. You see, he was not only evil, he was useless. The man simply failed, and, and the, the point is he failed because he did nothing. And if we don't risk, if we do nothing, the, all, the only thing that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. If we stand by and watch our nation be destroyed, by people who believe nothing and people who doubt God and people who condemn God and people who stand against the things of God, if we do nothing, then we have to stand up. Now, we don't fight physically, but we stand up. We do the things that are necessary. There's a modern parable about a man who lived a safe and tidy life. It goes like this. He saw people love each other, and he saw that all love may made strenuous demands on, on lovers. He saw love require sacrifice and self-denial. He saw love produce arguments and anguish, and he decided it cost too much to love like that, and he decided not to diminish his life with love. He saw people strive for distance and hazy goals. He saw men strive for success, women strive for high, lofty ideals, and he saw how often that cost as well, and so he refused to do that as well. He, he he saw people to make decisions and take risks that he would not be willing to take. He decided not to soil his life with stepping out like that. And, and so he saw ungrateful receivers turn on their serving friends. He decided not to do that because serving seemed to be hard. And so when he finished his life, it was clean, and he proudly said, this is my life. And great God said, what life? What life? You see, a life without courage and a life without risk is a worthless failure. And you and I need to choose to have courage. Also, we need to choose to be divinely directed. That's the next choice that I want to talk with you about. In the book of Romans, Paul is writing to the believers in Rome in chapter 8, verse 12. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you are according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves 
so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if you are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. If you really think about it, we only have one life to live, and we never get another chance here on earth. We just have one. That's it. One time, one shot, one opportunity, and one life. And as somebody wrote a long time ago, only one life, it will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. So it's important to live fully and effectively, and the only way you and I can do that is to know what God wants us to do. It's to be divinely directed. As a pastor, over the years, one of the most often asked questions is, how do I know God's will? How do I know in this decision what God wants me to do? Should I take this new job? Should I stay with my old one? How do I know? Should I move to this new place or stay where I am? And those are the kind of questions. Should I marry this person or not? And Paul says, here's the secret. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So let's examine the verse and look at the truth of a divinely directed life. We need to choose to live that way because it's a glorious possibility. You can't and I can be directed by God. He, Paul is saying here that it's, it's a possibility. You can, you can have God's leadership. You can know what God wants you to do. Now, many do not think that's true. Some argue that life is an aimless farce, a, law, a long tool, fool's errand to the grave. And that's what one man said. Another one said all we can do is say that we just muddle along as best we can and hope everything works out. And that's not true either. Others say we're in the grip of fate. We have no part in our destiny. We are like a clock, and like a clockwork, it's just wound up and then it runs down. That's our life. But that's not true either. There are those who believe that life is futile, and it's just a drifting kind of thing in this world. But God says we can be guided. But then there are others who say, but if you have failed and you have missed the will of God for your life and gotten off on a sidetrack, it's too late for you. Well, that's not true either. You see, you may have missed part of God's will, but that doesn't mean God won't receive you back if you get right with him, and he won't give you a new purpose and new meaning. It may not be doing exactly what he wanted you to do, but it will be special, and it will be something important. It will be something that you will enjoy and be blessed by doing. Abraham failed because he, he lied, but God forgave him, and he became a man of faith. Moses killed a man. But he became one of the greatest leaders of all time for God. Rahab was a prostitute, yet she became a woman of faith. And we could go on and on and on. You see, that's a part of the fact that failure is not final. And we have to recognize God wants to take us where we are. So we can be guided by God. Whatever you've done to fail to meet what he wanted for you in the past, you can begin to know that he will guide you into the future. And the way God does that is interesting. He's the God of the second chance, in fact, the third chance and the fourth chance. When Dr. John Liggett came to write his own biography towards the end of this exceptionally long and productive ministry, he simply entitled it, My God-Guided Life. We hope that that will be true of each of us. We can write one day, My God-Guided Life. And that can be true. Or it may have to be my 
partially guard, guided life because it will only be part of our life. In Proverbs 3, 5, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He'll actually make your path straight. In Isaiah 30, 21, God says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. We'll pick that up tomorrow. So make yourself open today. Open your heart up to be guided by God today in everything you do. Have a great day.